Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Teen Corker. And recording these every darn week just doesn't get old. No, it's so fun to be in these conversations with you because, you know, most people think that we talk all the time. And the reality is it's like we're actually working with our clients all the time. And, you know, this little little slice of our week is actually really nice to just be like, oh, hey, let's be in conversation about something. And then we record it and share it with the world. It's podcast o'clock. Podcast o'clock. <laughs> well, today we are recording a topic that feels very relevant with this beautiful heat wave that has come through the Pacific Northwest. It has been smoking hot in Vancouver. Uh, and with the sunshine, admittedly, people wonder, is everybody on a patio? Is anybody getting work done? Is it just holidays with a Z? Uh, <laughs> so... It feels timely to talk about productivity over the summer. Okay. And I thought especially wonderful because you are usually busy all season long. <laughs> Every season you can find Matt Corker to be full. And I wanted to know how the summer is feeling for you right now, bro. Holy cow. Well, the summer for me feels like it feels, I use the word intense to describe it. And not because it's intense like abrasive or um, like not forthcoming or warm or gentle or any of that nature, but more like intense, like we're diving deep into a lot of conversations. So the work that I'm doing right now with some of our clients do leading offsites, um, these are experiences that aren't just like an hour of fluff. They're like 16 hours of work, you know? And I love being able to host those conversations, those experiences, those, um, just like times to connect, but also get more grounded and more aligned with where they're going in the future. And at the same time, speaking of the heat, like, holy cow, Vancouver really hasn't experienced this much hot before. And there are times when I just want to be like in my boxers, like having an iced tea. <laughs> and that's not appropriate workplace outfit. So <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Yeah, so to that point, it's a time in the summer where we're finding clients are diving into development work. It's not just the summer party. It's the let's bring the team together and do something meaningful yeah. um, more than on a patio. Yeah. And we are lucky and grateful to be full up with client work. And undeniably, the intensity of the sunshine also has a saying, wouldn't it be nice to be sitting on a patio? Mm -hmm. So, well, pause. Wouldn't it be nice to be sitting on a patio? Ironman Canada was just, just happened. And, uh, you know, you could have been sitting on a patio, but instead you also took the seat of Iron Tribe cheerleader and led the pack this year um, to cheer on some of your favorite racers. So what was it like? What did you learn from Ironman Canada in terms of like the summer intensity? Holy cow. I mean, Iron Man cheering, cheering, cheering for Iron Man is a whole new experience. And um, Iron Man takes place on a Sunday. And so what I would say was a bit different than 
Monday to Friday, the Monday to Friday desire to sit on a patio, so to speak. Um, you know, I think I've actually quenched my Monday to Friday patio by keeping early morning workouts a priority. Mm. So as long as I get a hit of vitamin D first thing in the morning, whether I'm running or I'm at kids pool, I feel like I'm good. I'm like my, my heart rate's been elevated. I've, I've already got a tan before eight o'clock in the morning. Like put me in the office. I'm good to go. Um, but then fast forward to the weekend mm. when I find I really need to recharge. And my problem with the sunshine is that I don't recharge on the weekend because it's too nice out. Yeah. I just have to keep going. It's so great. And Ironman Canada was no exception. The weekend was full. And by Monday, I was hungover. I was hungover on cheering. I was My heart and emotions were just, it was so raw. It was such an experience. <laughs> and I was like, oh, when you live all out for seven days there's there's no time to recover and I think it's really interesting because like uh I actually saw uh, a post online from Mel Brittner shout out to Mel Brittner slash Mackenzie and um she posted about how in the summer there's this expectation for you to like live it up so much more than any other time and maybe it's a Canadian thing because we have darker cooler winters and so this sunshine is rarer in our life. Um, I wonder if it would be the same if someone living like closer to the South would be, um, like would experience, would experience this. Like, right. is that what you experience in the summer in LA? Question mark. Yeah. You know, if it's like palm trees all year round. Totally. Um, and at the same time, it's like, to your point, how do you take care of yourself? Oh my gosh. To make sure like you still go to bed at eight o'clock every morning, every night. Well, the problem, like these are, these are real conversations. This is the piece of it that I spend what feels like a lot of time training in the dark inside. So when I can train outside in the sunshine, it feels like luxury. I never want to miss that. Yeah. It's also hard because the sun is still up when I want to go to bed. Right. And so it changes my patterns of things. And then how does that impact my work when it feels like every day is so long? And to Mel's point, I, I need to, I just need to find time to recharge. And what I haven't done a good job at is just say it can be as sunny as you want. Like I'm, I'm off to bed or it can be a beautiful, sunny Saturday. I don't have to go hike a mountain, just chill out. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's awesome that we can talk about this because it all comes back to how do I show up on Wednesday? And yeah. if I haven't taken care of myself on Saturday, I feel it on Wednesday. And I, I think there's a, there's a pull to your point of being in Canada around how the weather all year long impacts us because there's a reality of when it's dark, how does that impact productivity? And then when it's light out, how does that impact productivity? It brings up a question for, for me to ask you, bro, around how do you suggest or do you work any differently in the sun, in the sunshine, in the summer to, to sort of serve your either habits or workflow that, that works best for you? Well, right now I really love working at our office because it's air conditioned and my apartment <laughs> isn't and coffee shops are rarely air conditioned. And like, so I am like a fiend for the air con right now. So Got it. <laughs> that just definitely changes where I prefer working. Um, in terms of how to manage the like day to day or like the task list, um, I would say that now more than ever, I experience more on my to-do list than less on my to-do list. So when I'm making 
when I see my to-do list, I actually grid out a piece of paper to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I allocate a to-do for the, those appropriate days. And with those, then I'm able to be like, I don't need to worry about um, emailing this one person because that's what I'm going to do on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so I've already allocated that time so I can manage my priorities a little bit easier. And right now it's like I then highlight the one thing each day that I'm like, you can't close your laptop, you can't go to bed until this one thing is done because maybe it's mission critical for a project and that that due date is coming up the next day or um, it's a commitment that relies, it's something I needed to do Wednesday in order for me to get to the Thursday to do. And so it, I find that how I manage my time is with a lot more rigor than ever before. Right. So when I think about summer and productivity, a few things that came up for me were the fact that I would plan in the past, the summer has been typically a little bit slower for our business. Mm. So I would plan certain projects that might not be client facing to happen in the summer. And now all of those get put to the back burner because we are full on client work. And what I recognize is there's no seasonality. I feel very acutely aware to do it now or find a way to get it done. The idea that you can put it off to a quote unquote slower time of the business is not the summer. So I need to relook at these summer project lists that need to get accomplished while we're full. Part one. Part two is that I've certainly found my energy is high in the morning. So even if that means I'm setting an alarm clock an hour earlier because the sun is up an hour earlier, I find I'm exceptionally productive Mm. earlier in the day and and maximizing when the sun rises up. I want to be up and I want to be doing doing work. So that um, that feels amazing. And... So there's a third thing that I have found help that helps my productivity in the summer big time, and that is without feeling overly responsible, but responsible for managing people's vacation. So instead of assuming that when they're back from vacation, they will happily read through their sea of emails in their inbox, I make a note in my calendar when the person will be back and follow up with them accordingly. So I feel like it's a little bit of calendar Jenga and it feels like I stay responsible while clients and candidates and conversations might be on summer holiday. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel as relevant outside of the summer. Yet in the summer, it feels exceptional. Well, I also feel like when I, during the fall and winter, whenever I travel or whenever I'm um, out of the office, that I'm still checking in. Like I still, there's this assumption that I'm just going to keep like my finger on the pulse. And I feel like that's a, a common experience when I talk to different business owners and different leaders of teams. And in the summer, however, this is also when like kids are away, like kids are out of school. school. And so it's like, I'm going to the cabin for 10 days with my kids, with our extended family. And like, I'm out, I'm not checking in. And so I remember um, back when we worked, worked at Lululemon, people would come back from vacation and literally just press delete on all of the emails in their inbox because they were like, if you, if it was important, you'll follow up with me again. And you know, I'm out of the office and in their out of office, they say, I'll, I'll be deleting all my emails. So like, <laughs> oh gosh. Big. and I'm like, way to go. It's yeah. kind of like, 
going back through an Instagram feed over the last three months. Like it just like life goes on. You weren't a part of it. And you could like sit and mull over what happened or tell people like, hey, don't reach out to me while I'm here. Reach out to me again when I'm back. I'll actually be in a better headspace. I'll be able to respond when I can respond. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes to a bigger conversation. I don't think there's any seasonality to this. Uh, it's simply how do we manage the overload, dare I say overwhelm, of what is expected through screens. Yeah. And once upon a time, you went on vacation and you didn't have access to a phone or to your computer. You left your computer at the office. And, I mean, that feels like the dinosaur age when... Like you couldn't read an inbox on vacation. When does that ever happen? But the reality is now that you can be constantly connected. And so I think a beautiful thing in the summer is how do you stay, how do you really truly become disconnected so that you can come back fully recharged? Yeah. And if that means you're deleting an inbox, so be it. May we take nothing personally and may we all remain 100% responsible. And if we do those things, then everyone will enjoy their summer holiday and work will still get accomplished. And now the interesting thing there is then like there's so many times where leaders are being, need to manage vacation requests. Ah, yeah. And on the other side of it being like, okay, so this person wants to go away for a week. This person's going away for two weeks. It overlaps. It, overlaps. it doesn't overlap. Yeah. Projects still need to move forward and now you're missing key members what do you like? What would be your advice for people who have to manage different vacation requests? You know, I love that you've just asked me that question because you, as the CEO, actually go through all approval processes. <laughs> do we have <laughs> and, an approval process? Hard to say. Um, you know, and I think both of our one of our motivations to be in a business on our own was or I know I can speak for myself, was that I never wanted to ask for a vacation request again. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I didn't want to work. I just wanted to be able to work from wherever I was and, and frankly, chase Ironman start lines. Um, I am speaking without naming names or organizations. The impact to an employee when you tell them they can't take a vacation seems never seems worth it. Mm. They're going to show up at work some version of pissed off. You can figure it out. It will, it might not be ideal. Two people out might be terrible. I'm certain whether you're a team of five or you're a team of 500, you can figure it out. Yeah. And I think that it's not about asking for two people. It's not about two people asking for vacation. It's about having your team or your company set up so that two people could quit. If they quit on the same day, what do you do? Yeah. If they are asking for a vacation, I mean, this could be completely incorrect, but I'm like, let them be responsible and figure it out. Yeah. Because the last thing you want is a disgruntled person, frankly, wasting time sitting in the desk because you said no. Yeah. You can make very bold requests of that person that they have certain things accomplished before they go. They might have to work around the clock before they can take the vacation, but all of that is worth it. I think. And I don't think that is summer dependent. Yeah. I remember um, one of the best practices that I, I loved um, on my teams were who has the decision-making authority when you're gone. Oh, great. 
And so it's like, the, if the project is still going on, who is then up to speed enough to step into whatever conversations you're going to be missing? And do they have the decision-making authority? Yeah. Or are, if you're keeping it, you're like putting a project or a conversation at risk of slowing down or of taking a pause with you. And the other thing that I think I'm super passionate about and, and realize on our team is we have a calendar of here's what's going on each month. And so just by looking at it, we can see, okay, this is who's responsible for getting all this stuff done. And that's on top of all of the client work that we can predict and sometimes not often predict what's coming down the pipe. And so with that, like I can look and be like, okay, this month, probably not a good time to take off. And when your people have visibility into workload, projects coming up, projects that need to be completed by a certain date, and that are held A, responsible, but are B, inspired by that work, they're like, of course I want to see this project come to fruition. Of course I want to see this do well. And sometimes that will be, and I'm going to schedule in a vacation because after this key milestone, I'm going to need a break to come back recharged. And other times it's like, I'm going to take a break when it's done so that I can make sure I get to the finish line all in one piece. Totally. I want us to touch on one more topic. And you sent a note out from one of your mentors, Suzanne Conrad, about the power of setting goals as memories. Yeah, she framed it as a goal is a memory waiting to be remembered, essentially, or waiting to be realized. And I think the summer is a perfect time uh, for that conversation. Uh, it's a it's a time where it, it can be very easy to create memories. Yeah. What do you think about um, setting goals in the summer? You know, the first time that I really, truly ever set goals was with my good buds, Zoe and Andrew Haas, and we went up to Whistler and sat by Alice Lake, or Lost Lake, um, and it was the perfect setting big blue open sky, big open water. And it just allowed me to think a little bit more expansively. And so I think that the summer is a perfect time to relook at goals, to spend some time outside in nature and not indoors in fluorescent lighting and really think like, what would my ideal life look like? And when we're outside and in that type of environment, sometimes we, things become a little bit more clear. And this is also the time of the year to like, hunker down and get stuff done. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's not about re-looking at your goals in a space of rewriting your goals, but more of, okay, time to dust them off if I kept them hidden away in January. And now with more daylight, more energy, more uh, fire in this t season, how can I harness that natural momentum and get something done? How do I do one more thing that gets me one step closer to that goal that I said I'd have completed by the end of this year. I love it. I love it. I think it is a season of intensity. As you say, the heat is magic. And my wish is that we enjoy it with the same intention as we do on January 1st to goals. And when you think it's a great day to sit and have too many drinks, 
just go for a run first and <laughs> drink some more water. And wear sunscreen. And wear sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's making your heart beat faster? You know, bro, I, we touched on this already. Uh, being a witness to Ironman Canada was truly phenomenal. It was a male-only pro race, so there was there was a there wasn't a female pro race, which meant we were on the side. I was with my coach Jasper Blake and the B seventy eight coaching crew, and being a witness to human potential, being a witness to real life that wasn't on Instagram, that wasn't filtered, that was raw, that was real. Gosh darn it, my fire burns for that thing, and I can't wait to get back and race. I just want to do a shout out to, like, I want to know from Ironman Canada the marginal cost of of hosting a pro women's race every year in Whistler, because I'll find sponsors. Because I think it's absolutely ridiculous that they only have, A, a, that it's gendered, and B, that um, women weren't allowed to race in the pro heat this year on on local turf. Well, in fairness, the way they do this is they alternate one races. So Lake Placid this year on the East Coast was a women's only pro race. Yeah. So they switch them back and forth, trying to give exposure to women only. One year last year was a female only pro race. Uh, the problem is that I just want to be out there racing. Yeah. And I think like, well, why not have two opportunities to race for everyone who's a pro? Always. 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 So just let me know. the mar- Anyone listening, tell me the marginal cost of hosting another slew of athletes. We'll sponsor and, them. And we'll get sponsors. So you heard it here first. Bro, what's making your heart beat faster? What's making my heart beat faster? Um, you know what? I am really excited about the Vancouver Queer Film Fest. There, cool. Chad is on the board and the programming looks phenomenal. And not a lot of like hype has been up about it, but there's it's its 30th year. Wow. And there's so many cool um, directors and actors all across Canada and North America and telling stories of indigenous uh, leaders, um, people in the trans community, uh, people of all ages. There's a whole section around called The Coast is Queer and they have um, youth filmmakers and actors and then there's another one for um, adult filmmakers and actors. And I'm just like, man, this is so cool to yeah. see just like the the story of the tapestry that is the queer community. And I'm just really excited to, to be supporting and be there. So if anyone wants more information, we'll provide a link down below of where you can check out the schedule and attend. Amazing. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time.